0: Hi, I'm Aaron and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast, where we explore, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle. That will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle Podcast. I'm with a fantastic guest and someone that I've wanted to talk to for a little while, uh, King Eleanor. Um, I love that name as well. Just released single, uh, Sick and Pretty as well. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure you check it out. And the music video is out as well. So you've put in a lot of work to get that ready and, and the drop has come through. So make sure you check it out on YouTube and Spotify and Apple Music, wherever you're going to stream, but I uh, appreciate you you're coming on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me and thanks for the shout out on my Sick and Pretty song. Pretty That's pretty. all right.
0: My pleasure. Well, I actually wanted to speak to you because I think you're actually one of the unique people in the music industry, in hip hop, in terms of things that you go through and things that you discuss. But how do you feel you sit within the music industry and what you bring to the table?
1: Ooh, um, okay. So ever since I decided I wanted to do music professionally, which was like, forever ago, maybe like 12 years ago now. Um, Well, I always knew I wanted to do it. But when I really got into it, you know what I mean? I said, I don't want to be one dimensional. I want to be very in demand. I want to be able to go in any room and get the job done for any genre, any anything, you know what I mean? And it took me a long time to get to that point. But now I think that I'm versed in so many different areas that i can kind of bring something to the table wherever i am i can do hip-hop which is my favorite (laughs) i can do country i could do classical i could do pop i could do all that you know what i mean um and something else that like I, i do it on my own and i i mean obviously i have teams and i work with people but i have to do things on my own a lot because of what i go through and so i'm kind of able to just do it from my living room do you know what I mean you can kind of see my little a <laughs> little setup right there I just get things done even if I'm sick and people know I'm sick and they respect that and I just I'm able to just I don't know I feel like I'm able to kind of do whatever I need to do do you know what I mean does that make sense
0: yeah well I think you definitely give up give off more hip-hop vibes than anything else like
1: yes that if is someone my- was
0: like That's- guess I wouldn't have guessed country but like why why rapping and why hip-hop over the other genres
1: um I'm a lyricist I love saying as many words as I can and making them have like meaning and before when I used to do I guess I used to do more pop back when I was like in my teens and people would be like you're saying too many words Like, you need to cut those words out, put more space. And I'm like, no, but I have so much to say. (laughs) And then it just kind of like developed into like, oh, why am I even trying to do this genre? I'm, I like to rap. I like to say everything and I like to talk. And obviously I love a hard beat. And the artists that I looked to growing up were Nicki Minaj, T-Pain, Lil Wayne. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs)
0: Well, I've always wondered this because like to me singing seems harder than rapping, even though I can't do either of those things, but like (laughs) the, the, cause I'm a talker as well. uh, So I like, if you just let me talk, I'll just talk forever. But Mm -hmm. the thing is like to write a hip hop song seems harder than to write a pop song purely because to fill the space, you have to have so many bars. Like you have to have, so many words that that rhyme and you got to have those that technical side to be able to get through it whereas a pop song you just need a catchy hook essentially
1: yeah that's definitely true um I mean there's obviously some exceptions to that but for the most part yes that is 100% correct um and you have to have the cadence right you got to make sure people are going to want to dance to it, move to it. And, you know, you can't just, there's so much that goes into it. It's like a math problem.
0: (laughs) I was going to ask you, how do you find catching the beat? Because I feel like that's a really challenging thing in hip hop. And for people who don't really listen to it, they won't get the difference between making sure your flow matches the beat and making sure that your hook matches the beat. Because I feel like a lot of artists coming up, they haven't mastered it yet. So they'll get a really hot beat, but their flow just won't match it. They'll just do some fast rap, but it just doesn't, just doesn't click for whatever reason. But how do you find that?
1: You know, what's funny is real quick. Cause you said listeners might not realize what catching the beat is, but they realize it. they just don't realize that they realize it because. Like, they'll be like, oh, I don't like this song. It's probably because the flow is not right. And they're not catching the beat right. Because I could literally say the ABCs to a hard beat in the right flow. And people would be like, yeah, this is so hard. You know what I mean? So, like, it's it takes a lot of practice. I think there's a natural instinct. When I'm writing and I'll listen to the beat and I'll just kind of start, like, freestyling over. It, and there's this natural flow that starts coming out. What I do is that first flow that comes out the one that seems like it's the one I'll throw that out and try and make something else work. Do you know what I mean? Why is that? Because, Cause there's that natural one that comes to mind, but that could be kind of boring or overdone or just not cool enough. So it's like, I'll just do the exact opposite of what my natural instinct is. And usually ends up being so much cooler. Sometimes it doesn't work, but I think you got to challenge that like, natural idea that's what i do 90 percent of the time
0: that's so interesting because i feel i personally if you were asking me i'd be like i have to go with my gut instinct and the first thing that i feel is what i would do that's i that's not something that i expected but i mean you know i guess part of it is also choosing the right words to be able to have the right flow because syllables make the big difference and yeah. if you oh, don't have the the right syllables or you don't have the words with enough syllables or there's too many, then it screws up the whole flow.
1: Yeah. And sometimes the first thing you spit is the best. That's why you always want to record while you're right. Like while you're freestyling. Cause if you do something, you're not going to remember it. So you got to play it back. Be like, Oh yeah, that was good. You know, <laughs> which I think most people probably do that because everyone's felt the disappointment of doing something super dope. And then, forgetting it completely and it sucks
0: (laughs) i that happens with me in everyday life let alone in anything else like i can't remember half the things that i thought i I always leave somewhere going i know i forgot something but i don't know what i forgot and then Mm -hmm. i'm like i arrive and obviously (laughs) i forgot it and i'm like i'm an idiot like i knew i forgot something
1: oh I am, all of my, ask any of my friends, I am the most forgetful person. I never have my wallet. I'm always missing something, always. So <laughs> I need to just voice record my entire life so I can start remembering things because I'm the worst.
0: <laughs> so do you just freestyle like on a beat or do you have like lyrics that you've got written out that you're like, I haven't found the right track for them yet? Like what's your process?
1: I write pretty much freestyle. Um, If a song takes me more than five to 10 minutes to write the majority of it, I have to trash it. Because once a song starts taking too long, I get bored and things start getting forced. Um, I do a lot of like concept ideas and like one liners in my notes. So that'll help me build the freestyle. But I cannot, you can never fit, I can never fit a whole song onto a beat. Because I feel like the beat writes it for you. So if you try and force something you already wrote into someone's beat, it just isn't going to work. And then you're going to get frustrated and it's going to feel forced. So I I always tell people that my songs are revelation because I'll get, I'll get a beat or not even a beat. I'll sit at the piano and I'll be writing something. And in 10 minutes, I have a song and I really don't. It's like I black out when I'm writing. I don't remember it. I'm not kidding. Like I just zone out blackout and all of a sudden there's this song there and I'm like, how did I just do this? Like, this is really good. How the hell did I just do this? And that's, those are always my best songs.
0: <laughs> I feel like people, me included, would be like, how do you get into that zone where you can be ultra focused? Where it's like the, you're just so singularly focused that you, it's like nothing else exists. How do you get to that place mentally, emotionally, because it's not like you're just rapping about anything, like you're rapping about your life. So how do you get to that point?
1: I wish I could have a straight-up answer for this, but I feel like I can't really choose when. A lot of the times the songs will come to me while I'm driving um, or when I'm asleep, I'll wake up and have to do it. It's really when I'm in a very, like, melancholy state when it comes to me but I don't really choose but that's only when it comes to writing my own stuff when I'm writing for other people I can sit down and get it done but when I'm writing my own like you said emotional real shit I don't really get to choose it kind of comes over me and I'm like oh fuck I gotta go write this right now do you know what I mean so I don't I don't have like any ritual or anything
0: yeah I feel like a lot of people have a lot of rituals but like I feel like listening to you say that can either be really frustrating for some people, but also like, you know, do what works for you at the end of the day. That's all yeah. that matters. Like there's no right way to get into the zone. You just got to make sure you get there.
1: Yeah. And it can be like, I usually write about serious things that I'm going through, or have gone through. I can't write about it in the moment. Um, because I feel like there's too many mixed emotions going on within me to like really sort it out. It's kind of after I'm past, and past it and I've been able to work through the emotions and see it clearly from like an outside perspective, then I can write about it, which is frustrating because sometimes I want to write about it when it's happening because I want to get it out. You know, I'm like sad or frustrated or mad and I just want to let it out, but it doesn't really work that way. I have to see it clearly from a you know, from a different perspective, I guess. Yeah, you need time
0: would- to reflect.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, so. you said freestyling, but I've I've had this discussion with a few people and um, what do you, what is your definition of a freestyle? Because I know there are people who go on like radio shows and like breakfast shows that'll do a freestyle, but I also know they wrote that verse, you know, a month ago and they're yeah. only freestyling to the beat essentially that they're given. And I'm sure some of them get given the beat in advance so that they can actually prepare, but like, What's your interpretation of what freestyling is versus what people say it is?
1: Yeah. Um, So I could never, ever do a freestyle like rap battle live. No, there's no way. I would get too jumbled and not be able to do it. Freestyling to me, I think even those ones that are pre-written and done to a beat, that is that could still be freestyle. I have a song that's recorded that I do at my shows that is a freestyle song because I wrote it I just spit it when I wrote it. Like it just, it's it's hard to explain. It's just something that you don't sit there and think you don't write it out. You don't um, really worry about perfect rhymes. You don't worry about hooks so much. Um, I freestyle on the mic. So, you know, I I can't, that's my, my definition is just, how oh, it's hard to say. It just comes out. It just comes to you. It's not the sitting down, structured, writing it out. It's just basically like you're having a conversation with someone or that's what freestyle is to me. Yeah, Obviously, there's the other kind of rap battle freestyle and that is incredible, but I could never do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I also feel like there are only a few artists that would be able to just come up with a rhyme scheme off the top of their heads. Like, it's just one of those amazing skills that some people have but the art of hip-hop isn't actually like just freestyling and yes it comes from like battling in the streets and stuff like that but i feel like you know as long as the verse is amazing that's all that really matters but i feel like freestyling in a way is like you know i feel like it's not really accurate to what it is like
1: what most people think it is yeah yeah because
0: no. I've definitely talked to people and they're like, you know, they came up with that. They freestyled that they came up with that on the spot. And I'm like, they didn't, there's no way it's too complex. It's too good. Like if, if they didn't come up with it on the spot, or if they did come up with a spot, it would be really simple because there's only so much like verbal mathematics that you can do live. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, I have, I have a friend that can freestyle sing really well. But even in that, and she really does do it, but she has more time. You have When you're singing a song, it's you have more time to think things through because it's not like, you know. Um, I saw this guy on TikTok though.
0: I think Harry Mack. Who? Harry Mack. He's a big freestyler. He like- uh, Might be
1: one where he asks for like words. Yeah. People, yeah, I saw that guy. And I don't know if that's real, but I feel like- I feel like it has to be, but I don't know. That was amazing. I'm just like, how are you doing this?
0: Well, Harry Mack, you can come on the show. You can let us know how you do it. But I've seen videos because he started on the street. Like the way he started was he would just grab his like, you know, his Yui Boomer, his speaker. He'd go to the street and then people would approach and he would rap them into the song. Like he would just continuously go and go.
1: Yeah, that blows my mind. And it's good like it's really good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't think I could do that, but I also get not shy but just nervous. And so I lose all ability to think at all in those pressure situations. But I don't think I could ever do it. It's really hard.
0: Yeah, I feel like it takes a lot of time and a lot of practice. Cuz yeah. you're right like the hard part is not saying what you're going to say, but it's like coming up with the next rhyme scheme and what's While you're up. saying,
1: yeah, yeah, it's a that's,
0: lot. Think, no, go for it.
1: I was gonna say, and I think that's what people define freestyle as. And so when someone doesn't actually write something on the spot, they'll be like, that's not freestyle, you're faking. But it could still be freestyle. It's just not your definition of freestyle, I guess. It's, you know.
0: Yeah, and I also feel like there's a big expectation on artists, especially hip hop artists, to be able to freestyle, like in that traditional sense of just come up with it on the spot. But like, it's just so much pressure. Like, no, especially no big artist is going to come on a radio show and just hope for oh, the best.
1: No, because that they could get destroyed. I've actually seen some interviews. I don't even remember who, but they were trying to freestyle and they just couldn't think of anything. Like it was just the beat and they were just like, uh, for like two minutes. They're like, yo, uh, all right. For like two minutes. And they're like, everyone's like, dude, what are you doing? I don't remember what it was, but that would be me. I would freak out. So
0: I think you're not the only one to be honest. I think, I think most people would be like, uh, switch it off. Let's just keep talking. Let me write something quickly. Then we go to the studio, find a verse that I've written.
1: Oh, Oh Yeah. And I can write pretty fast. So if they gave me like 10 minutes, they'd be like, all right, give me a sec. And then I could go, but on the spot, completely different story.
0: That have to just entertain themselves while you're writing. and Just go, yeah. hold on guys, 10 more minutes, five more minutes.
1: It's funny. I actually do that when I'm in sessions writing for other people. Um, I'll be like facing my phone, being quiet. And they think that I'm like not paying attention. And I, People that know me know that I do this. But when I'm with new people, they're just like looking at me like, who's this bitch? Why is she not doing anything? But I'm in my phone. And then 10 minutes later, I have the whole song done. I'm like, okay, give me the mic. And then I'll do the song. And everyone will be like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, I was doing something. I wasn't ignoring you guys. (laughs) It's a problem, but it works.
0: How do you find writing for other people, though? Because I feel like that is another skill set in its own. I spoke to Mad Skills. He's also a songwriter and he writes for other people. He used to, he's now a DJ, but like he said, it's just a completely different mindset. It's just, you forget about yourself and you just focus on them. But how do you switch from obviously being an active artist to also switching that off and being able to write for somebody else's voice and somebody else's sound?
1: Um. Writing for other people is easier for me because like I said, when I'm writing for myself, I can't control when that inspiration is going to come. But writing for other people, it's more, a little bit more technical. And um, you don't really have to dig super deep inside yourself because you ask them if you're in the room with the artist, it's the easiest thing ever because they tell you what they're going through. They tell you what they want to write about and I'm such an empath. So if someone's going through something, I can be like, oh, yeah. And then write the song as if I were going through it, but without the pressure of making sure that it's 100 percent honest and vulnerable because it's not me, you know, and. um, Something else that I learned while writing for other people is before I used to think I'm going to make this as relatable and as generic as possible so that everyone can relate to it, but I realized that's not the case at all. You still wanna add that personal aspect into songs you're writing for other people because I've learned that if you feel it and if it's personal to you, it'll people will find ways to relate to it. And that's when that's when it works. Like I could go into a session and write a song about some party and how the party was lit and all this shit, but I don't party. So it's not like, I don't, I stay home in bed, you know? So it's not it's not gonna come off as relatable. So you wanna take what they want and you wanna either empathize with them and really connect and act like it's happening with you or you wanna still keep it a little bit personal. But at the same time, it is more technical because you have to get it done. You have a time limit. You're in the studio with this person. So you really have to, It's 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 different from writing for yourself in that way. And that's why I think I can do it easier. You know, does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I mean, that does. And as a fan of hip hop, I always prefer, or not always, sometimes I just need a a banger that just, you know, I'm not focused on anyone's problems. I just need to feel good. But like those introspective songs where an artist tells me about their life, I always connect more to that artist because it's like, even though I don't go through the same things, I now appreciate that you're vulnerable enough to share that with me. It's like now I'm in the inner circle versus an artist who only talks about the good things in their life. Because then I'm like, I know you go through shit, but you haven't told me about it. So I'm like, I'm t- that type of person anyway. There are people who obviously don't want to hear it because it's sad or it's melancholy. They don't want to feel that way. I I like those songs in disperse within my listening because you just feel closer to that person. They just give you a, a different part of themselves.
1: Yeah, and you can even put that vulnerability and like personable feeling into a party song, into a like a more upbeat, non-serious song. There's still little ways you can add those digs. And one of my favorite things that I love to tell people when they're like, "How do you?" how do you write this? Like, how do you teach me how to write songs? I don't know how. And my number one advice is to pretend like you're talking to somebody about it. If you're saying like, yeah, I'm going through a really hard time. It's been a rough week. Um, I've stayed in bed all day and I'm depressed. And you know, like just how you would talk to somebody, you can literally say that in a song. You don't have to switch it up and make it fancy and (laughs) songy. You can literally say whatever you want. Like if you go listen to my lyrics, you'll notice that. Like it seems like I'm just talking. And I say some shit that people would never put in a song. They're like, did you really just say that? I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> why not? And it works. You don't have to you don't you don't have to do anything like fancy to your words. You can say whatever the hell you want. Sometimes you have to twist to make rhymes and stuff, but you know, you don't have to make it flashy and, you know, just like you're talking.
0: <laughs> well, I've actually found the artists that do really complex things with their, like, lyrics, You they the, the listener misses a lot because it takes a lot to actually realize what they're doing with their lyrics because it's so complex. And even for me, like, I list, I'd have to listen to a song Three, four, five times before I actually am like, oh shit, I miss what you were doing because mm-hmm. it was so deep and it was like so complex in terms of the theory of writing and theory of hip hop versus, you know, just making a song sound good. So if, if it depends what you're really going for at the end of the day, like people like uh, Elzai and Sahai the Prince, I still listen to their songs and I'm uncovering shit that I've heard, you know, a year ago. So it's. Isn't that- so fun. It's crazy though. It's crazy that they can keep those hidden gems like so deep within their lyricism. Oh yeah.
1: It's like a movie when you watch a movie and you're like, oh, I didn't even see that part. It's the
0: same thing. It's like a clue. It's like there's a mystery at the end and you're like, oh, I missed that clue from the very beginning, but they managed to tie it in. Now I see. I find that when you listen to a song like that and you can read like the lyrics, it just opens. Yes. It just changes the game.
1: I love watching lyric videos on YouTube. It's, yeah, it changes everything. And then, yeah, it's the best.
0: And it opens up a hole. Like then you're like, oh, maybe I'll find this song with this lyrics. And it just, it's never ending. Once you start reading lyrics, it's, it's all over from there.
1: hmm It's beautiful. Lyrics are, oh, lyrics are just my favorite thing. Obviously, the music itself is great. The beats are great, but lyrics are top priority for me a lot of people don't care about them you know they're like the lyrics don't matter I just want to feel good I'm like no the lyrics matter bro (laughs) (laughs) they matter
0: (laughs) how did you work on that how is that something that you developed and actually like went through as a journey
1: I have a stack of journals this high I write everything down. I used to write in journals so much that I actually can't write anymore. Like my hand is fucked. I have like carpal tunnel I have arthritis just from constantly writing oh, everything. Really? Yeah. Um so it sucks. But I just have always been very deep. I think that um because I had cancer as a kid, I was just I grew up not able to do much. And I grew up very emotional. Emotionally, you're I think people that go through a lot are just emotionally intelligent for the most part. Do You know what I mean? And I think I was, but I didn't I was so young. I didn't understand it. So I would just write shit down and that just lasted. And then, like I said, I used to love country music, which country is very lyric, lyrical also. So that, you know, if you if you take a country song and a hip hop song and take the lyrics out, they, they both are the most storytelling genres. They have a lot more in common than people realize. And I think that actually has helped me with uh, writing in general. Um, yeah. And then I used to play piano, classical piano, and sit at the piano and sing all day, just seeing what I was feeling. And it's just always, it's just when people ask where it came from, I don't know. It's been my whole life. But obviously, it's become more. Put together as time has
0: gone on <laughs> well actually it's funny because i actually asked someone on the show whether they write in a journal and they mm-hmm. looked at me like i was a crazy person but it, it feels so good to actually have someone who's like yeah i was writing all the time like oh because i've heard it's really good for you like i've heard <laughs> it's like really good at the end of the day or when you're going through something to just let it out it's like a therapeutic thing that like if you've got pent-up emotions that you can just let it out without judgment. And you, you don't have to talk to anyone. It's that, you know, you're having a conversation, but it's like, you're digesting your own thoughts. And as you write, you have the next thought come through and you can actually uncover some things that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise.
1: That's exactly what it is. And there's something about the pen and paper. People are like, why don't you just type it? I'm like, I'm, you need the pen and paper. And I don't even write my lyrics on the computer. i still write them on paper and people make fun of me. Like I'll go in my notes and like get ideas, but then I, I sit there after it's done. Cause I want to keep it. I'll literally put it on paper. And people are like, you still use pen and paper? Yes, I do. It's there's something about it. It's very, yeah. Therapeutic and I will do it forever. I think.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I I'm a, I'm a big advocate for people doing what they need to do to make sure they look after themselves in terms of their emotional health and their mental health as well. So, you know, if you are struggling, highly recommend, just try it, just try it for like a week, see how you feel. And then, you know, neither of us are therapists, but like, you know, I've heard multiple people tell me that it really changes the way they, they do things and the way they think about things.
1: Mm-hmm. And that really does. That advice is something that professional therapists do give. Like you see all those self-help books. It's always like, write. Like they ask you questions and you write it out. It's just, that is professional advice, even though we're not professionals. It's a <laughs> <the> real thing. <laughs> we're not making it up. <laughs> Well, something I,
0: I did want to ask you is obviously you mentioned you had cancer as a kid and, you know, we've spoken a little bit before obviously you jumped on the show and you're going through your, your health battles, but how are you going now? How is that journey? How did it, and obviously it impacts your music, but how, how are you feeling in terms of where you're at physically and emotionally?
1: Um, so I had cancer as a kid and then I was in remission for that, but now I have kidney failure. So, the cancer was in my right kidney and they took it out. Um, kidney failure is in my left, and now I don't have that one. So, I'm functioning with no kidneys, and I get dialysis four times a week still to this day, and will have to for the rest of my life. That's been four years now, and um, not gonna lie to you, it sucks and it's really hard. And people think the longer you're on it, that you get used to it and it gets easier, but it's actually harder every single time. Um, but without the, all the obvious negatives about it, the positive is it's kind of shifted my priorities because I have to do things differently. I have to like, realize what's important. Um, I really have to put myself, I have no choice, but to put myself first. I can't, I can't not, or else I will die. Do you know what I mean? Which helps a lot, kind of helps you find your real friends. Um, And you know, I I am a, I will tell everybody that your days off and your rest time is more important than the grind. Like if you don't take those days off to take care of yourself and to relax and rest, the grind is going to stop. The work is going to stop because you're going to weigh yourself out. And I was always a go, 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 go person. And... Now I, have, I cannot be a go, go, go person. I rest a lot more than I would like, but I'm able to kind of sit back and just let life happen and be in the moment because the moment is all I have for all I know, but the moment is all any of us have. But I, I, I'm able to see that clearer because I have a direct threat. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's something that I struggle with personally is like living in the moment because I'm an overthinker. Like I will be thinking all the time and people ask me sometimes, you know, how can you do a podcast and not prepare any questions? It's because I'm always thinking. So Mm -hmm. like, it's not one of those things of like, for me, it's quite a natural process, but living in the moment is challenging. And so like when you say, you know, these messages, it's like, even for me, just personally, it's really good to be like, all right, I, you got to focus on just like letting go and stop planning.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so true. And that's, I think we're just such a impatient, gener- not even generation, everyone nowadays it's there. Everyone's so impatient because we have everything at the palm of our hands. We have 30 second video attention spans. So we we'll, it's so hard to live in the moment because of all the things that are being thrown at us. But when you just know how to, when you learn how to unplug and live in the moment, everything gets better. You don't stress as much because what do you have to stress about in the moment? The distress does doesn't help any, anything. You just let it, just let it ride, ride through life. And that's, yeah, that's something I definitely learned with being sick. And, um, in music and working. Like I said, I work from home a lot, so that helps, but I've built a very close network of people who understand that I may flake last minute and I have no control over that. They're like, Hey, can you do a session next week? You, you even watched it happen. I had to cancel on you because I didn't feel good. And I didn't know that I wasn't going to feel good. So everyone kind of has learned that they have to be patient with me or not fuck with me at all because I can't live up to people's needs for me you know I can't I can't commit I would like to I try to as much as I can but that's another thing it's just out of my control and so once you learn to kind of really relinquish that need for control life is so much easier so I think that's how I'm able to be happy still and chill and able to keep going in the music industry a lot of people would quit. People quit when they're healthy because it's so hard. So, you know, I think that's how I'm able to do it. And I wouldn't have learned that lesson without all this health shit I've gone through. So that's, that's a plus (laughs) that's, you know,
0: well, I was (laughs) going to say, to be fair, you're really good at messaging. You know what I mean? Like I've had people where like, they just don't respond for two weeks or like, they just don't show up to, Mm -hmm. and so, if the worst that happens to me is that you're not feeling well, which is a really egotistical way to think about it is like you're sick, but I only care about myself, then yeah. like that's not really gonna be good for either of us so like you know i I just think that you know you're you're in terms of being an empathetic person, you just gotta be just show that you understand like it would be really weird for me to get annoyed at you even though the things that you go through are so different and Mm -hmm. something that I couldn't even imagine going through myself. Like, it's just strange to me that people would only think of themselves in that sense where it's like, no, no, you live that, like you live that life for a year and then tell me how you feel about it. Like, I don't know. It's just strange.
1: (laughs) But no, that actually brings up a good point. That's kind of what the song you mentioned, Sick and Pretty, is about. Because the most hate I get is, you don't look sick, so you must feel okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, like, say I canceled on, our, uh, on this last week, and then you see me post on my story, like, walking around with, you know, looking not sick. That's when people get mad at me. They're like, oh, you had to cancel, but you're up. I'm like yeah I'm up I can't be in bed 24/7 and I should like I feel like I need to be in bed 24/7 but there comes a time where I just have to get up and do shit and I have to choose which things I can handle and which things I cannot handle and you have no say in what that is for me do you know what I mean and just because I look just cuz to you I'm not saying you just cuz to you I look like I can do the podcast or whatever hypothetically I know you're not thinking this if I look like I was healthy enough to do it, that doesn't mean that I am. And so that's why I wrote that song, because I'm like, you can be sick and pretty. You know, you can be sick and, and especially being on dialysis, that's not normal for someone my age to be on. So no one's used to seeing a young person on dialysis. It's always these 70, 80 year olds that are sick anyway. Do you know what I mean? So it's like people are like, oh, yeah, you're old. It makes sense. But when you're young, they just, they just hate on you because you, are still living life, you you put makeup on, you got out of bed, you're, you can still be sick and do all of that. Cause you have to, you have no choice. And that's how people that are sick end up dying faster. when they let When they let go of everything else and they stay in bed and they get depressed, you're eventually gonna crumble and get depressed and get sicker and then you're gonna die. The way that I have to keep going is to keep going no matter how I feel. And sometimes looking pretty, putting makeup on makes you feel better, even if it doesn't like mentally you feel better, you know? So that's,
0: I agree with that. I feel so, when I get a haircut, I yeah. feel like a new man. Like my brother said to me, I've never seen anyone love a haircut as much as you do. Cause I can't stop talking about it. I'm like <laughs> feeling the back of my head. I'm like, especially cause I like to get a skin fade, like just feel like the, I would say it's smooth as a baby's ass, just like so smooth. Like it's unreal. And then it starts to grow back. But like, yeah, just it's it's the best feeling. So I get that 100%. Like you just because and why if you're feeling sick, why would you want to look sick?
1: Right. A good example that people who don't feel sick often or who aren't sick, they would relate to this better. Is like if you're going through a breakup. And you're in bed and you're in sweats and eating everything. And then one day you're just like, no, I got to get out of bed. I got to get dressed, put makeup on and go out and things are going to feel better, you know, because you could you could veg out and cry all the time. But that makes that just makes it worse. The day that you get up and get dressed and look nice is the day that you start recovering from whatever it is you're going through. Or like if you have a cold that's lasting weeks, you're like, I'm just, I feel like shit, but I'm just going to get up today anyway. And then you just feel a little bit better. So, you know, I just, you got to do everything you can to feel better. And sometimes what I can do is not a lot, but every day I do everything that I can, you know?
0: I agree. And that doesn't mean you won't come home at the end of the night or at the end of the day and cry anyway. It just means that for that period that you give yourself an opportunity to feel better rather than just sitting like it's depressing to be sick and just sit in bed all day and Mm -hmm. you know, it's sunny outside and you're just sitting in bed. Like it's, that's almost the worst part other than, you know, feeling bad is that you go, I wish I was out there. So sometimes when you just, you know, suck it up and you just go out there and you may feel worse, but like it was worth it just to feel something else other than your sickness or other than the breakup, whatever it is. So, I mean, I'm a big fan. I think you need to do that. Like, I'm a. I don't really. Uh, like, I'm not a rester. Like, when I get sick, I'm like, I'll be fine, and I just go out and live my life. And I know this is a weird thing to say during the coronavirus and stuff like that. And they're like, "Oh, you're perpetuating it." But like,
1: well, you know, know what? Uh, sorry, keep, finish, finish.
0: <laughs> I was just gonna say it. Well, I've never had coronavirus, and we we had to get our vaccinations, and I'm double vax and all that kind of stuff. But like, I feel like. In a weird way, the coronavirus has made everyone insanely critical and insanely like you can't cough in public or you can't sneeze in public. and I'm one of those people I I sneeze and like I don't sneeze once, I sneeze three times. like if, <laughs> well, and everyone's that's
1: like, for people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding, I love that. I think it's so funny. but I have but, a rule I will not say bless you more than three times. I'm like, nope, you've had your limit. <laughs> so that's enough. fair. That's definitely
0: fair because otherwise we get stuck in the loop and I just end up sneezing and you just can't get out of it. And then someone has to break the cycle.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, one of the things that I think people say to me that bothers me the most is when I'm in bed all day and someone's like, what have you been doing all day? And I'm like, Oh, just in bed. And they're like, Oh, you're so lucky. I'm like, bitch. no, I would do anything to be out in that session. I'd do anything to be on a walk outside with my dog. I would do anything to not be in bed. But I think COVID has helped people see that a little bit more, what it's like to be cooped up and not be able to go out and do things. And they see how stir crazy you get and how depressing it is. There's so many more depressed people after COVID than there was before because of the quarantine bullshit. You know what I mean? And People kind of realize that staying in bed, staying home is not the dream life. It's not fun. You know, it's nice to take like a day off every once in a while, but when it's your choice, it's nice. If you have no choice but to stay inside, that's not that's not fun ever. So COVID's actually helped people be a little more empathetic to my situation too.
0: And ironically, it's destroyed people's ability to communicate with others. So they feel oh, empathy, but they don't know how to talk to people anymore because it's like, I've been looking at a screen for like, you know, 12 hours a day. I go outside for an hour. Like I've, I've got friends who are like, how do I socialize now? Like, how do I talk to people? And to be honest, this podcast has saved me from feeling like that because I don't have a choice and like you learn to to do that. But like, I feel like socially wearing masks is extremely isolating, like it's just a weird thing. I, th- I think that, like, all the, like, outcomes of COVID, other than the health and economy and all that kind of stuff, I think socially it's been really challenging. And I feel sorry for kids especially. Oh, As yeah. It's like a development stage where, like, and I can only imagine if I'm, like, a re- young child and I see, you know, masks all over the street. I don't see smiles anymore. So it's That's like I- a weird transition. Yeah. And we as adults, because we know people well enough, we can look into people's eyes, you know, you know about posture, you know about body language, but but kids don't see that. So it's like a real challenge for them to read, you know, other people and the messaging they're giving off with just their vibe.
1: I had a moment like that, just like the other day, I was walking down the street and there was this little kid walking with, uh, with her mom. And I like looked at her and smiled. And I was like, she doesn't know i'm smiling right now like that's so sad she probably thinks i'm looking at her and it's probably scaring her she's like why is this lady looking at me i was like no i'm smiling but you will never know that you know i'm like that sucks and yeah yeah it's it sucks
0: <laughs> well we just got rid of our uh mandatory masks out in just out on the streets you still have got to wear masks in public places like when you go to a to a shop or whatever but on the streets when you go for a walk you can you don't have to wear masks and it is the best just seeing people smile have conversations is just so much better like it it kind of made me maybe we took it for granted how good it was to see other people around whereas now I think everybody's appreciating it
1: yeah it feels so nice I think the biggest crowd I went around oh I went to not scary farm and there was so many people and I was like Like, I can't, like, it just felt like I've never done it before. I was like, wait, what am I supposed to do? Like, what what is going on here? But at the same time, it made me so happy to see so many people out. There was long lines and shit, which is annoying. But I'm like, I don't even care because people are out having fun. And I love that. You know what I mean? And it's it's nice. I I
0: think you're a little bit more patient when it comes to lines. I can't stand in lines for too long. I get really annoyed. It's just... It's the one thing that drives me crazy. Like I'm less annoyed in traffic, but like standing in line to go somewhere, 10 minutes in, I'm like, I'm so over this. I would just walk away. Like I'm just done.
1: I I sit down in lines that you're supposed to stand in. I'm like, too tired. I'm going to pass out. Let me just squat right here. And people look at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, man, mind your business. I'm tired.
0: (laughs) You always need to bring a chair with you. Like one of those recliners, just set it up.
1: That would be, yeah, they should make a portable one. They'll like a backpack and then it turns into a
0: chair. That would be, that's a good idea. That's
1: a oh, good so we, invention. Can patent that and invent it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you can keep adding to your plate in terms of things that you're doing, but why not? We, we came, at, came up with it here first on the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. Note the date and time. I've got it, okay? So if anyone steals it, we'll know about it.
1: We have proof. This is recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.
0: So tell me about the the songwriting in terms of artists that you've worked with. Like, is there anyone that stands out for you as like, you know, I've like you work with them and like now I've made it. Now I know I'm legit.
1: I have this thing where I've been lucky to work with legends. Like I've written for Donnie Marie Osmond. And I actually have a billboard plaque from them. And then um, Tommy Lee from Molly Crew. I just did two songs on his last album. So that's, those are, even though people that are like younger don't really know who they are. I'm like, I don't care, they're legends. And people know who they are, but they just don't really, They're when I say their names, they're not like, wow, that's so cool. But to me, I'm like, it's fucking cool. <laughs> like I've worked with these legends. Um, that's really fun. And then... Aside from that, my favorite time to write is with my friend Tima, who is also my, co- like we write together all the time, and we write for people like Sweetie and Cardi, and that's just so much fun. Um, we just, because we, we do it at her house and her studio, and we just get like drunk as hell, and write the songs and it's so fun to get feedback back from like their managers like cardi loves the song send over the stems and it's just so cool to hear that you know what i mean and that that's those are my two favorite i love working with legends and i love writing for these pop and female rappers that's my favorite because it's it's so fun and cardi and sweetie and meg the stallion they'll. They'll write, about, they'll, they sing about things that I don't as an artist, but they're things that I love to write and I love to sing and I love to listen to. So to be able to be included in that in any way at all is just like, like it's so, it's just so fun. Like I'm honored to even be considered to write for these people.
0: That is, yeah, that would be so cool. I mean, to even be like, here, yeah, I wrote this for you and get feedback on it would be like, the greatest thing ever. It's like if Joe Rogan listened to my podcast and was like, this is a good podcast, like you're doing the right thing, that that would be enough. That would be like, okay. I mean, I I couldn't help myself. I'd ask if he wants to come on the show. But like <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. that's, that's the type of person I am. But like I can imagine that feeling of like knowing that what you're writing for them is good would give you confidence to know that what you're writing for yourself is also good.
1: Yes. Yeah, that validation is a nest. Nece- it's so necessary. If you don't get that validation in songwriting world, at least once every couple months, you just get so depressed because it is a rough industry. Like you need that validation. You need those little glimpses of hope that what you're doing is making a mark in some way. It's so important to just have that something to hold on to to keep you going. And then another thing that is my favorite is um when people get stuck in a session and they call me they're like hey we need one fire line can you help us and then we're done and then I help them and they're like yes that's exactly what we needed like I love being the one people call when they're stuck So they're like "L can do this you know what I mean
0: <laughs> you're the fixer you'll you fix the problems
1: yes and it's so easy because you already have the concept the flows the everything in front of you all you have to do is just like close the gap and it's easier because I wasn't in the session I don't I have a total outside perspective and I don't have to leave my house. Like it's just a win-win. It's perfect.
0: <laughs> so have you met Cardi or has it been like they reach out and their people reach out?
1: Yeah. It's through their managers. I have not met Cardi. I met Sweetie once. I met city girls. You. It just depends on, sometimes you'll go to a writing camp for them and they'll have like seven different sessions going on in one building. And then the artists will come and like peek in the door, like in each room and be like, yeah, that sounds good. That doesn't sound good. But sometimes they don't come in at all. You never know. But usually you just work with their team and their team works with our team. And then it's all middleman, you know.
0: Seven sessions at the same time. I, I couldn't see all these things that I learn from like people like you and artists. I'm like, holy shit, there is so much more that goes into like I'm into the genre and mm-hmm. I and I know a little bit about it but there is so much more that goes on that I had no idea would even be a problem or even a thing that you would have to consider but it is crazy to me how how split especially the the mega artists like you know I can only imagine how much time Cardi actually has to herself like it would be minuscule between all the commitments that she has
1: it's brutal it's brutal for everybody. There's, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it. Don't there worry, was we won't song. tell anybody. <laughs> there was a song that uh, me and Tima, my friend I mentioned earlier, we wrote it and gave it to <laughs> manager. And he said that he was going to put it out. You know, he's like, yeah, he loves it. He's recording it, he's going to put it out. We sent him all like the lyrics and the stems and everything that needed to be done. And then we just, he just kept not putting it back, putting it out. So we would keep checking in. The manager's like, yeah, he's still going to do it. He's still going to do it. And mind you, that means that they have our song on hold so we can no longer give it to anyone else. So the song that we wrote is just sitting in his hands and we're just waiting on, you know, and months and months and months and months and months pass and the album comes out and our song's not even on it. So then now we just wasted months of our time with, them saying they were gonna record our song, but then they just don't. You know what I mean? So that is very frustrating and that happens to everybody every single day. And that's like the hardest thing, cause you get, and that's what I said, you need those little glimmers of hope. You're like, yes, we have something going for us. And then it gets taken away. But at least we had that hope for a minute. It's gonna happen again next month. But that's like one of the hardest parts. You have you have no uh, hope for anything. <laughs> ever because it's just it can be taken from you so fast and they don't care because we're little songwriters that nobody cares about or knows so they can really shit on us and they don't feel bad but we have to keep writing because that's how we earn money you know we have to keep writing we can't be like no i'm gonna stop because this is annoying you can't you gotta keep going
0: (laughs) well did they tell you why They didn't end up recording the song.
1: They will never. No, they will not give an explanation. They don't. They don't owe it to us. They don't think they owe it to us, and they really don't. But like, no, they don't ever. They don't communicate like that. And it still might happen, but we just don't know. We don't know, and that means that's just you know we don't get paid for these sessions. You don't get paid until the song's recorded and put out. So it's just working for free until one song pays off but you could wait years and years and years and years to get that payout working for free you get an advance if you're with a publishing deal but not everyone has one and advances can be stressful because you gotta pay it back
0: <laughs> well how do how are those i've always wondered this how are those deals structured and now we're getting into like the nitty-gritty of like the way the deals work but like because do do songwriters often get you know royalty is part of writing the song or is it a one-off fee like how does it work in terms of the standard industry practice because i know i mean if it was me i'd want the royalty part of it attached a hundred standard
1: is royalties for sure um there are certain times where i just charge for the session if they're not if they're an artist that's not signed and even if their song does come out it probably won't pay off i would do a a thief per session um if they have a budget sometimes I'll do it for free if they don't have a budget or like I'll work with whatever their budget is but when it comes to like bigger artists you always want royalties and that is standard um the thing about it though is I could write a song completely by myself and have 100 percent ownership of a song but then if an artist that is huge say like Cardi picks it up they're gonna attach Fifty percent or more of that publishing to her name, and say that she wrote it half of it when she really didn't. And so, it's worth it, but at the same time, it's like eh, you know, it kind of sucks. But that's that's how it works. Like, there's a song I put out, not put out, that I wrote for an artist, and we ended up giving her fifteen percent publishing, even though she didn't write on it. But that's okay because they are the artist. Um, when you get a publishing deal and an advance, all of those royalties go to your publisher until you've recouped. And then you start getting the royalties. So I have an advance. Everything that I'm making right now, I don't see a penny of it until I make back what they gave me for an advance. Which
0: That's so interesting. Like the I like this has just opened up a whole new world for me in terms of like. Just the I could I feel like I could ask you questions about this like for the next three days. Just like keep just picking your brain. Cause and it'll get to the point where people listening will be like, I don't know why you're asking these nitty-gritty questions, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. But like so because it's weird to me that like artists because there is definitely especially hip hop, if you don't write your songs, you don't get as much credibility, even though you, you as the performer It wouldn't be the same without you, but like, why do you think that is that we're not at a place right now where like, you know, big artists will be like, you know what? I didn't write that, but I performed it. Like, why do you think there is a bit of that stigma? And they, you know, especially when it comes to to people like you, like this is your life and you're trying to build a career, but they're taking obviously a a pretty big portion. 50% is huge, even though they didn't do that work.
1: Okay, I don't have an answer for that, but I have a conversation that I had with my friend not too long ago. Um, Everybody was the little person getting shitted on at one point. And every person's dream is to get to the big leagues so where they can do the same to the little people. Like we we were saying, does that make sense? We were saying, we can't wait till we make it huge so we can put other people through the shit we're going through. But then we sat back and we're like, wait, we don't want to do that. We need to change the game and make it fair for everybody. But at the same time, like we really want that relief and satisfaction of like, I made it, you answer to me now. You know what I mean? It's like a transfer of power that I think everybody is ultimately working for. So once they get to that point, they want to use that power. Because that's a lot of people's goal is power and money. But if you really step back and look at it, like me and my friend did, we're like, no, we don't want to do that. When we get to this position where we can boss people around, we need to make sure that we don't. So right now I think people do it just because it's the way it is. It's just such, it's just normal. And artists do get a lot of hate from listeners when they find out they didn't write the song because listeners that don't know anything about the industry, they think that 99% of artists write their own music when it's 99% of artists that don't. So when they find out that one didn't, they're like, wow, you're such a fraud. And it's like, dude, if you only knew, everyone would be a fraud in your book. So I think, um, I think what artists need to do when they get to that point is give credit to the writers and give credit to everyone involved. And then it doesn't take away from their power when their fans find out they didn't write it because it's not a shock. It doesn't seem hidden. If something is hidden, then it's going to come off as a bad thing when it's discovered. But if you just put it out in the open, then people are going to be like, oh, they won't even think twice about it. You know, I think it's just human nature. If they feel like something's secret, they're going to be upset about it when the secret's out. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I mean, people like Kanye, he has ghost writers. Dr. Dre never wrote any of his own lyrics. Like legends in hip hop are known for not writing their own lyrics. So, but I feel like it's the, ideal of like who is what quote unquote the the perfect artist like everyone has this image of like the perfect artist is they make their own beats they write their own lyrics they do everything themselves but it's just not possible it's too yeah. much work it takes you a, a, it's a full-time job to be an artist in any one of those fields being a perfectionist let alone perfecting every one of those skills yeah sets.
1: it's not even that i personally cannot wait until one day i'm popping and people are writing songs for me to sing like i cannot wait to be able to sing someone else's lyrics i love doing my own it's my favorite thing but it would be so fun to just take an outside song and like put my own spin on it because it makes you more like diverse as an artist it makes you have ideas that you never would have thought of on your own like it's a cool thing teamwork and the collab with everyone that has their own thing that they are so good at is, it's amazing. Like the teamwork and the group effort is the best part of the music industry. And now we just need to start recognizing everyone. And if you notice, there's a lot of artists nowadays on Instagram, Um, I don't even, I think, who did it recently? Oh, I don't remember, but they put out like a super dope music video a huge song, and then on their Instagram post, when they posted it, they listed every single person and tagged them. Makeup artists, stylists, writers, producers, engineers, mixers, masters, they listed everything and tagged them. And that was huge for the music industry because like that does not happen. And to see people starting to tag everyone involved, it, it's so cool. And I think that people are gonna start doing it more I hope but it seems like that's starting to change like recognition for everyone but there I don't know why people are ashamed of the group effort and the team collabs because that's literally the coolest part you know seeing everyone come together and make something amazing it's so cool
0: well I think we've already seen like producers are now getting more credit than they've yeah. ever gotten in the industry and like People are actually following producers. I'm a big fan. I'm like, personally, I think if you like a sound of a track, find out who mm-hmm. produced it because you will find oh. other songs that sound similar or could sound similar and you'll find other artists. But I think, you know, it's starting to head to that that movement that like you know respect everybody that helped you because like you said like there's no there's no point and if you it's just a never-ending cycle of people shitting on somebody else you get to the position of power you do it again and if it may feel good at the time because you're like this is all the stuff I went through but you don't actually fix the problems or you don't even correct the things that you at the time would have wanted to correct anyway
1: exactly and it's hard because I like like I said, we were sitting there like, man, we can't wait. That'll mean we've made it. Like, but no, nah, it's not the move.
0: I feel like some of it is ego though. That like, when you get to that level, it's like, if I show respect or if I say I didn't do it, it makes me look weaker in a weird way. That like, I couldn't do it by myself. Therefore, I needed help. And this idolized version of myself that everyone's portraying is not Mm -hmm. true and therefore my ego takes a bit of a hit that I have to you know shout out a bunch of different people I feel like that's probably quite a common occurrence
1: yeah it kind of is similar to like say I'm talking like like if someone grows up with a lot of struggle and a lot of hardship they A lot of the times people can hate on someone just because they didn't go through the struggle. Say like two singers that are both equally amazing. One person struggled and made it and the other person didn't super struggle and made it right away. We see that all the time these days in music because of TikTok and social media. Someone can put a song on TikTok and just blow up overnight. And all of us that have been working for years and years, we get a little bit mad. We're like, dude, we've been doing this For our whole lives and this person put a song on tiktok and now they're getting grammys like what but it's like that's an ego thing because you can't hate on that person for their success they they're still good they still had this big break and they're still you know be it's not your it's not your journey so keep them separate you know be happy for them and keep doing you You, not everyone's gonna be the same like you know that's just how i look at it but it's hard to actually that's what i say but I still get those feelings sometimes. I'm like, fuck that girl. She didn't She didn't struggle to get where she's at. Why do I have to go through all this? I deserve it, she doesn't. Or like, that's just ego talking, but then you have to step back and be like, shut up, it's fine, she can be successful and I can be successful. There's no limit to how many people can be successful. So you gotta really take ego out of everything because it will fuck you up. <laughs>
0: I feel that I feel exactly the same way that like, I wish my straight away that I was happy for them first. Like, that's what I want that. But then it's like, I see you. And it's not even, I tried to explain this to, to one of my friends. It's not jealousy. It's, it's not that I'm jealous of them. It's like, I have this natural competition vibe in me that I'm, I like to compete. And when I, and I don't like losing. And so it's, they're not even aware of me and, I wasn't aware of them until they had their big break. So it's like, it's this weird thing of like, you just got to let it go. And it's a never ending process of like self-evaluation of like, this is not a reflection of them. It's a reflection right. of it me and how, how <laughs> right.
1: I'm <feeling>. right. But <laughs> I think a lot of people won't admit that, but everyone feels that way. It's just natural. It's natural for humans to like compete a little bit, to feel jealous or to not even feel jealous, but to, Just make it aware that you're not happy with where you're at. You know what I mean? Like it's, but it's not a competition and it's, it's hard to, to admit that and to get rid of that ego. But that's really the secret to staying happy and keeping going. Cause if I compared myself to everyone, I would have given up a long time ago, (laughs) you know?
0: But it could also be good. Like for me, it's a motivator that like, all right, you want to get better today you thought you weren't going to work, go do it. Like, go. Like, you were feeling a bit, like, lazy. It's like that fire that you just need to spark. All right, keep going. Like, don't stop. Like, don't let that procrastination take over. Um, But, like, yeah. I. It's just everyone has to go on their own journey. And I think part of it as well, something that I realized is, like, look for longevity, not for a quick comer. Like, I would rather have a long Mm -hmm. career rather than a career that is you know hot Mm -hmm. and then not and sometimes I feel like when you blow up overnight you're not ready or you don't have the skill set to actually be that big and you Mm -hmm. see that all the time with artists they're hot Mm -hmm. for a minute they have this huge song but then they can't replicate it because they have no idea how they got there in the first place
1: and they don't yeah yep um Yeah, (laughs) that's you said it all. I'm not going to keep going on that. But yeah, (laughs) yep, it's true. There's a lot of um, what we're like in the past, like social media era. There's a lot more artists in general. There's half of the songs that I hear on the radio are on playlists nowadays on giant playlists with millions and millions of streams. I can't tell you the artist is. I have no idea. It's just so of everybody it's so rare to find those ones that pop out and become like household names when back in the early 2000s and like 90s we had all we had was household names you know what I mean there wasn't those independent um artists at all so my goal is to be a household name and to pop off like that it's it's hard to even name new artists who have had long careers like since like the Drake era. We have like Billie Eilish now. We have, I guess, Lil Nas. Like, it's just hard. I can not even think of five who have really become this legendary household name like we had in the Britney Spears days and the, you know, big, like, super, super, super stars. They just don't exist anymore. But I want to be one still. I don't know how it's going to work in this <laughs> in this era. I don't know if it does happen anymore, but... That's kind of my goal. I want the longevity too, for sure. I think it'd be worse to have a one-hit wonder. Like I would rather not ever make it at all than to have one hit and fall off. That's what I've always said.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I would go crazy. Like no wonder they do. All of them do. The one-hit yeah. wonder people, they all go yeah. nuts because it's like you lived this amazing life for like 30 seconds comparatively to the yeah. rest of your life and you never live it down like you just never forget it and and then but there's no career there's no like you have money but like you're not in the industry and you kind of become yeah, and a I joke and then so that's, too. That's the yeah they all do they all burn through it because it's like i'm rich i'm going to be rich forever and then it's click the fingers you know, gone whereas yeah. like you can be a songwriter your whole career And make really good life for yourself without being you know the the household name
1: which yeah which a lot of people which i would honestly that's great songwriters make a shit ton of money if they're popping like it's crazy but yeah no i i definitely want to be known you know that's yeah (laughs) go down in history a little bit you know what i mean that's the goal i I shoot high i aim big (laughs)
0: Well, I have a saying, and it's shoot for the stars. And worst comes to worst, you'll hit the, tre- the treetops. So you got to set big goals, because otherwise, if you don't, like you'll you won't even get close. You just got to go for it. But I think, from um, me personally, like I think you bring a lot of, you know, yourself and a unique story and a unique skill set to hip hop. And obviously, you know, working with the artists that you've already worked with. Or show that you are on the right pathway. So I know that glimmer of hope, keep it going because you, if you look back objectively, people would be jealous to be where you're at in terms of in your my career. Past. And my younger
1: self would be so thrilled to be where I'm at, but we forget that. You know, if you look back on where you were 10 years ago, you're like, oh shit, I actually have come a long, long way. But that's, you know, another thing with living in the moment, we've come full circle. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> look at this podcast perfect yeah. full circle and it leaves me with only one more question and I lie when I say that I don't plan any questions this is the only p- question that I plan and it's going to be the hardest question that I've asked um, but if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to to get appreciation of doesn't have to be hip hop obviously can't be any of your own work what would it be <sighs>
1: The first one that came to my mind is John Bellion, because he does a lot of he's like an inspiration to me. He does everything himself, just like we were saying. That's very rare. And he does the same kind of like flow that I do. He's a genius. Um, I don't even know. It's called The Human. I don't even know the name of the album. Let me look. The Human Condition by John Bellion is just mind-blowing, and it has a melting pot of every genre. I don't know what he calls himself, but he's like a rapper singer. He's everything. Electronic. He's amazing. I recommend. And a lot of people don't know him. A lot of people know one of his songs because it really, really blew up, but a lot of people don't really know who he is, and everyone needs to know. Cause
0: he's brilliant. Well, I've never heard of him, so really? I'll definitely
1: have to check have his it song, out. You might his song "All yeah. Time Low." See? It was pretty popular, but you can let me know.
0: Maybe I'll have to. I'll have to check it out. I'm like, I'm bad with hip hop names and albums. Like, it's it's weird because like, some of my friends ask me like, "Oi, what was released in this year?" And I'm like, I know what was released, but I don't know. And when you ask me, like, I'll forget straight away. So, you know, the the fact that you had to look on your phone. I have to look on my phone all the time for, like, songs that I'm like, I love this song, but I I can't remember names.
1: I know the music and the lyrics and, yeah, that's it. And the name of the artist sometimes. But, yeah, Human Condition by John Bellion is just incredible. I want to see what his genre is listed as. It might be Alternative. I don't know. It might not even be listed as hip hop, but he raps (laughs) and he's very similar to my sound.
0: So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I love that recommendation and I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you giving us some time. It's been a turbulent period of time for you, a move, uh, obviously your health and everything that you go through, but you're still releasing music. You're still, you know, doing everything that you're doing. So a real inspiration for everybody. Um, in terms of saying what the potential is and that no matter how down and out you can feel and it can be at times that there is always possibility um, and that you just got to keep going and keep, you know, making sure that the the close circle of people around you are there to support you and there to help you because really there are no limitations, only the ones that you put on yourself.
1: Thank you. That's, yeah, I appreciate
0: you. Well, <laughs> I just wanted to say before we finish up, is there anything you wanted to to plug or shout out before we finish?
1: Just go listen to my music, man. <laughs> go scream the shit out of it. <laughs> That's all.
0: <laughs> you can find you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, find her on IG as well. And are you on TikTok as well? I
1: got Shadow Band on TikTok. Try to work that out. Really but right. yeah, I'm on there. Um, it's my my name with the in front of it. But I'm trying to figure that out now. <laughs> I got shadow banned from for swearing, and I'm like, literally, all the videos I look at swear. So they kind of pick and choose who they want to. But you know.
0: Well, TikTok execs were calling you out. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you want to come on the show, let me know. We can we can hash this out. The shout, hash this out. I I actually do want to I, I do want to find out about this. I've heard about shadow banning for a, for a while. And so I would love to actually ask them and go, "What are you doing?" I don't
1: know what it is. Well, I think they just probably it's probably like TSA random checks where they're like, "They're like you, I'm going to check your bag," and then if they find something bad in the bag, then you get in trouble. When probably twenty people went through with it before them.
0: Do you know what it could be? It could be someone putting well, that, in a complaint. I think that's
1: probably it too. Yeah, but I don't know.
0: yeah, like a hater just. You know, they they don't want to see your success. So instead of not watching your videos, they just get you banned instead, which is such a weird thing as well. Like just stop watching the
1: videos. It's a hater pandemic. It's a pandemic of its own. Haters.
0: (laughs) I feel like we could do another podcast just based on that. And I'm wary, obviously, of taking up all your time. But as I said, I appreciate you coming through. As I said as well, make sure you check her out follow her music check her out on youtube for all the visuals as well um and i appreciate you yeah coming thanks
1: through. for having me this was
0: fun thanks for listening to the show please like and subscribe and follow me on instagram at the underscore hip-hop hustle for upcoming podcast news also don't forget to check out my patreon under hip-hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show bye for now